0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is the author of the books, Maximize Your Superpowers, Volume 1, From Foster Care to Fabulous, An Imperative Moment. She's also the co-author of the book, Success is a Choice, and the founder of a nonprofit called Fostering Hearts at Home. Dr. Capri Cruz, thank you for joining me.
1: Hey, Lamp. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, first i want to thank um uh eric he was the one who introduced me to you um i got a chance to look at your bio so you got a lot <laughs> you had a lot on your website a lot of things you you got your hands in
1: yes the lord um is definitely leading me <laughs> i didn't come up with all this by myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> how's your day going by the way before we start
1: it's super. It's super. I took today, uh, the daytime off. So I don't, I don't start seeing clients till later tonight. So I really enjoy it. The weather's getting nicer. So I'm starting to kind of bloom right along with the flowers.
0: So even though it's a Sunday, you actually see clients on Sundays.
1: I do. I work seven days a week. Wow. Yeah, cause, you know, people, All sudden, um, I usually do. Mm-hmm. I may take, um, I usually work about five or six hours. I don't know. I guess that sounds like a full day, but it just doesn't feel like it. I guess because, um, you know, therapy is my calling. And so it's not difficult for me. It's just like, oh, I need to see clients tonight. Yeah, it's just one mm. of those things.
0: So you don't have like a structured schedule?
1: Um, Not really. No, but I do try because structure is better, right? So I do try to just see my clients mainly at night, but I'm licensed as a therapist in California, Florida, and Georgia. So everybody's in a different time zone. So I do accommodate if somebody needs a morning appointment. Sometimes I'll see like three clients in the morning and then four clients in the evening, and then I'll have the middle of the day off.
0: Okay. Oh, so do you, so. Do you prefer evenings? Because you, you, it sounds like you prefer evenings.
1: Um. So I'm learning how to structure because originally, um, uh, actually, I resigned from my like W two job in December. So I'm kind of new at full time private practice, and I'm in the middle of making a course to help people get out of their struggle and pain in life, and so I'm learning that that requires so much. Uh, empty time to f- just kind of get in the groove of all that. So, what I've recently done is I stopped seeing five clients in the morning, five clients in the evening. And now I just kind of try to stick to the evening so I could have the day to work on creating that course. So, I'm kind of learning was as I go ho- how to structure my time.
0: Oh, uh, I was going to say, was it hard for you to learn that?
1: Um, it definitely is a touch and go because um, what I realize is that when you're accustomed to making a certain amount of money, um, and also as a therapist, I can just stick people in my slots because I know everybody needs help, right? And so, on the one hand, I want to be available as much as possible to anyone who reaches out to me. And then on the other hand, it's like I have to keep my time structured because, I know God is calling me to do higher things. And so each day it's like, I'm becoming more and more aware what the priority really is. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, I can help more people when I make the courses because it can reach the masses as opposed to just being able to help one-on-one clients. But my one-on-one clients is my foundation of who I am. I am a therapist.
0: Let's talk about the um, course you're creating. What is the name of it?
1: So it's a, it's um, a work in progress. The title is a work in progress. So right now it's getting beyond your struggle, the pain of your struggle, seven steps to creating the life you want to live or the life you love. So I'm kind of working with, it. I feel like it's too long. It's not like to the point enough, but that's the basis: helping people get beyond their struggle and create the life that they love.
0: Will it be just you? Will it be just you um, creating a project, or will you have co-authors? Will you have help? Or
1: um, no, this will just be me. It's just um, basically everything that I write and everything I create is what I've gone through in life. Having grown up in foster care, not having relationships with parents and family. And so as you can imagine, I had a lot of struggle in my life. Um, I went into foster care when I was seven and then I came out at 13, but then I was being additionally abused by the person I was living with. So then I ran away and became homeless. And, um, you know, it's just been like unstable. My life has been so unstable. So there was a lot of, you know, dating the wrong kinds of men and, Uh, self-medicating because I was unhappy and this really is the basis for the for the product because I was so unhappy but I didn't have an awareness of what the unhappiness was coming from so I was self-medicating and what I learned later is that when you're self-medicating whether you're getting high or you're drinking or you're just having like um you know, you jump from boyfriend to boyfriend or girlfriend to girlfriend, you know, just to occupy your time, whenever you're doing something to numb your pain, you're, you're not self reflecting. And if you don't self reflect, you can't figure out what's the problem. (laughs) Right? You just know you're miserable. So. um, So yeah, so I'm just kind of teaching people everything that I learned to go basically, you know, from that struggle to, being a full-time entrepreneur and and living my life my best life yeah living my best life
0: now 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 those struggles you mentioned they actually led you to join in the navy I wanted you to talk about that experience more
1: yeah so um so I had run away from my grandfather's house because he was sexually abusing me And so I became what people would know as kind of like a couch surfer. And every time I went to someone's house, I would end up getting kicked out for various reasons. Not because it was like I was a horrible person, but, you know, I was just a a runaway, right? And it's hard to like house a runaway because you got stuff going on with that. So eventually my um, foster mom from when I was 10 years old I really loved her. We had a deep connection. She invited me back to live with her. So I moved from New York to Virginia. And a year later, she kicked me out again. (laughs) So there I was homeless again. And um, she just said, you know, I was too old. I was by that point, you know, I was I had been a runaway. I was doing my own thing. And she said, I just wasn't following the rules. I couldn't live there. So how old were you? Um, By that time, I was probably about 17, maybe 18. Actually, I probably was 18 because I graduated when I was 19. Um, So she told me I had to go. But the thing is, is that although I was 18, my mind wasn't 18 because no one had taught me how to think. And this is such a big deal for foster kids, people in struggle, in pain, coming from trauma, abuse. Um, Just people that weren't raised with decent parents, you know, if no one tells you how to think you could age chronologically, but mentally you're still a kid. You're still oblivious to, to how to make good decisions. So I didn't know how to make good decisions. I didn't know how to, I didn't even know I should plan for my future. I had no idea what college was. I heard people going to college, but I didn't really know what that meant. So when I graduated the following year, my girlfriend and I were just walking around Richmond and, um, and I joined the Navy. I saw, I saw um, a recruiting station. I went in, I asked a question and, you know, recruiters are good. They could see you coming and <laughs> they knew I was, I was a guppy. They were like, yeah, we are about to catch this guppy. She don't know what's going on. So, (laughs) I was eager because I was dealing with a lot of racism in the town that I was living in in Virginia. Because I come from New York, and not that New York didn't have racism, but it's so multicultural up there, you know. And um, and it was very different living in Virginia. And so, you know, I was all kinds of names. You know, I was the N word. I was a mud B, and you know, go back to where you come from, and all that kind of stuff. And And I just didn't fit in because I was a northerner, you know, and they were always like, oh, you Yankees and blah, blah, blah. And so when they told me I could leave in 30 days, I was like, let me sign up. So I just signed up (laughs) and left. (laughs) I was like, I'm out of (laughs) here. In my soul, I knew at 10 years old that I was going to be a therapist but the problem is when you don't have someone guiding your steps right i always think of beyonce beyonce would have never become beyonce if she didn't have her parents guiding her steps you know she had the talent so i had the talent to be a therapist i knew the calling was in me but i didn't have the mentality to know how to evolve into that person so i got distracted by my pain and my struggle which is why also i created this course because we don't have time to be messing around, losing our purpose. We need to laser in on our purpose in life, get somebody to help us figure out what that purpose is, and lock on to that sucker like a heat seeking missile, because that's where your best life is. And when we get distracted by pain and trauma, anxiety, depression, self medicating, having babies out of wedlock, and hanging out in the street and just being wild, you know, you just, you're not on the right path. And so that pain and struggle is going to multiply over time because you're not in alignment. How did the
0: Navy help you with that?
1: The Navy really was just a holding spot, I think for me until I awakened and it took me 17 years. I didn't awaken Um, And, you know, I'll try to explain what that means, but I didn't awaken until I was 37 years old. I was really stuck. I was stuck in misery. I was stuck in self-medicating. I was still like an overachiever in the military. I was like sailor of the year and I was in the newspaper. I won a lot of awards and stuff. I was a 4.0 sailor, Um, but internally I was miserable. Right, so on when on my days off, I would just go dancing, and I'm from New York, and I'm Puerto Rican too. So we're very festive people. So that's how I would break my pain, but that's temporary, right? Those those, if you're using those kinds of moments as relief, is just temporary. It's like, you know, popping a happy pill or something. You know, it's just temporary. It's useless, really. So it took me till I was 37 years old because I didn't sit down and self reflect and think because I still really didn't know how to think even up to that point. I think I had learned, but it was dormant because when I was 30, my brother introduced me to personal growth and development books. So I started reading and watching Jim Rohn videos big time. He was my first mentor and um, he really taught me how to think. And then I got introduced to Bob Proctor and Les Brown and Dr. Robert Anthony. Um, That was a huge. I read Dr. Robert Anthony's book, um, The Ultimate Secrets to Total Self-Confidence, when I was right around 39, um, and all of my creative faculties exploded after I read that book. And that's when I, I finalized, wrote and finalized my first book which is from Foster Care to Fabulous and Imperative Movement. But um, going back a little bit in the military just really was a holding spot for me until I awakened when I was 37. But the military, although I was unhappy because my spirit knew I I wanted to be a therapist, I wanted to live in Florida, my mind hadn't figured out how to make that happen. So I was in this dichotomous um, just tug of war and so the military, while I was in the military, they really taught me leadership. They taught me discipline. They taught me to be excellent. They taught me no excuses. They taught me you know, so many character building traits that I would have never learned had I not been in the military. I had some phenomenal uh, supervisors and leaders and I understood the importance of recognition that people want to feel like their work represents something greater and that they're recognized by their supervisors that that little thing just giving someone a letter of appreciation can inspire them to go the extra yard every time so I learned a lot of leadership uh I don't know leadership stuff (laughs) a lot of leadership stuff in the (laughs) How did did you manage to
0: stay in? Because you said you wasn't really happy in the military. That's a demanding career. How did you manage to stay in so long and actually retire, even though you wasn't happy with it?
1: Well, uh, I became a single mother rather quickly. (laughs) I had my daughter when I was uh, 21. And I had just joined the Navy when I was 19. So when you're oblivious to your calling and when someone hasn't warned you of getting how to, you know, how people get caught up in life. Um, and especially when you don't come from a loving, secure home environment and you go out into this big old world called the military or anywhere, really your own community. And there's a guy and guys are are professional uh, seekers of women or girls with low self-esteem like they could sniff us out quick right and um and someone sniffed out my low self-esteem and um they just wrapped me up they became my best friend and we had a great time together and all this kind of thing and I just got you know caught up in what I thought was love but I didn't know how to think what I what I know today is that love uh oftentimes is not really love at 1920, right? It's it's um, someone is filling a void from my trauma uh filled childhood you know that my heart hasn't healed from and so he represented security and you know masculinity and friendship and a soft place to land but um I didn't understand what marriage represented and all of that. So I was a little guppy in a big pond trying to live large, you know, marriage and all of this. And we wasn't, you know, we weren't ready by any means at all. And so we ended up getting divorced. Um, and then I got married again. And um again, I just didn't realize that. We were just, it's tough, especially in the military. It's one thing to get married when you're young and you have supportive family guiding you or something like that. But when you're young, you get married and you're in the military, a child, like the chances of that marriage surviving is is really low. So I just was a single mom with no support, no family. Um, My parents, my mom had passed away. My dad was estranged and... And I hadn't learned how to think yet. So I was stuck. I, I just didn't know how to move on. So um, but what happened after I I started reading those personal growth and development books, my mind started developing. So basically, anytime you put new information in your brain, uh, I'm a hypnotherapist also, by the way. So I had to learn about my I became a hypnotherapist because I had to learn about my brain. I was like, I don't I need to learn how to master this thing because it's not really working in my favor right now. (laughs) Right? So, so I became uh, just a real student of the mind. And what I learned is that, you know, my mind was being prepared when I was reading those books at 30. I just didn't have the awareness yet. And so for me, I needed something to trigger that awareness to shift into gear basically. Right. And what happened was I was 37 years old and um, my daughter was upstairs in in the loft, and my boyfriend was—he's um, was a narcissist, and I didn't really know what that meant at the time. And he was holding me down on the couch. He had like one hand holding both my arms, and he was smacking me in my face with the other hand. And he was just using a very low, constricted voice, um, just taunting me. And he wasn't like physically hurting me. It was. It's the, it's the presence of the power of domination that he was using. And so he was overpowering me energetically and emotionally, it, it broke me. And all I could do in that moment, as he was saying, you better shut the F up or your daughter's gonna see you being beaten. All I could do in that moment was stare in his eyes because he was in my face. He was, he was um, at an angle looking down into my face as I was on the couch. And I just, all I could do was look into his eyes and just see the energy, the, the evil spirit that was coming from him. Um, that, you know, prior to that, it was, you know, me fighting with him. Like if we would combat each other. But in that moment, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't speak. I couldn't move. I couldn't escape. I was just stuck right there. And just tears started coming down my eyes because my mind started saying, why would this man be doing it? Why is he doing this to me? All I wanted was to love him and for him to love us. And that's all I remember thinking in that moment. And when he let me go, I just grabbed my keys and I just left. And that's the night that I had my awakening. And I said, everything in my life needed to change.
0: Wow. So, so basically it was a, a moment of abuse that led to your awakening.
1: It was a moment of abuse, um, but I had been abused many times prior to that, but I felt powerless. I felt powerless because I didn't have the support and stuff like that, because I was getting sexually abused um, in a similar situation, right? When you're getting sexually abused, well, for me, I froze. So there's that fight, fight, flight, or freeze, response system and when i was get most of my life when i was getting abused i froze because i always felt powerless like what am what is this little girl gonna do i just didn't have it in me i didn't know anything what to do how to fight but in that moment i think i knew i was my own support system and by that time i had gotten to know god And I had built my spiritual belief system. So I had a lot of internal power that was awakening. And I was like, and then I had my two girlfriends there, my best friends, and so they were support for me too. So I wasn't as alone and I wasn't as um, ignorant to the facts about, you know, myself, what was available in my spiritual identity. I had all that working for me.
0: Wow. You you mentioned, you're a hypnotherapist. I kind of got an idea what it is, but I want you to explain more exactly what that is.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a person who puts you into a deep, relaxed state uh, beyond meditation into theta brainwave state so that um, your conscious mind can go offline, but you're still consciously awake. You're not asleep. Um, you're right there a teeter-tottering basically between conscious awareness and sleep. And once the conscious mind goes offline, it's not active, then the suggestions from the hypnotherapist can help reprogram the mind and its its a way of thinking to help resolve the root issues of our pain, trauma, belief systems, old habits, and things of that nature.
0: How do you get to that state that the person who's being hypnotized, like, do they have to want to be hypnotized or?
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody. So hypnosis doesn't work for everybody. It only works for the people that want it to work because basically you are in charge of your mind. So if you don't believe it's going to help you, then it won't help you because it's your mind blocking that it's your mind thinking it's not going to help me. So no one can make your mind do anything. It doesn't that you don't want it to do. So you have to surrender to the process. Absolutely.
0: Did you have any reservations doing it yourself?
1: No, not at all. I'm a seeker of things like that. I'm a seeker of healing. I'm a seeker of uh, holistic measures and alternative um, means of healing ourselves because I, I'm not a proponent, um, of Western ways of doing things sometimes, right? (laughs) I gotta be careful how I say all that, but I think there are better (laughs) ways to do certain things and, um, heal in my mind. I just, I just didn't want to do it the Western way. I wanted to be in charge of my own self. And so I was determined and hell bent on uh, I'm going to fix my mind. Like I just knew I could do that.
0: Are there multiple sessions involved or is it just one session? How does it
1: work? So it really depends on the person. Um, Obviously it's not something we can predict because each person's mind is different and um, each hypnotherapist techniques are different. So um it, the science shows us that usually um, it can range from one session to less than 10 sessions usually it doesn't exceed 10 sessions unless the person wants it to um, so whereas regular traditional psychotherapy um i've had clients who've been in therapy for over 10 years and, um, you know, psychotherapy is good for what it's good for, but hypnotherapy is good for you know, um, real results, just real results. Psychotherapy oh, so is more about coping skills. You know it's a lot of analyzing so the 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 primary difference between psychotherapy and hypnotherapy is in psychotherapy, you're using your conscious mind to process your life, your trauma, your struggles, your pain, all of that. And in hypnotherapy, we're working with your subconscious mind where all of your um, issues reside. Um, not really reside, but where they manifest from, right? Your subconscious mind, which is your um, your limbic system is your emotional brain. Um, you have your primitive brain, which is the lower part of your brain. You have your emotional brain, which is the middle part of your brain. And you have your, um, I beg your pardon, let me just say mind. You have your primitive mind uh, at the bottom. You have your emotional mind in the middle. And then you have your conscious mind at the top of your brain. And so those are the three major levels of your brain. Your brain is one organ in your head, but you have different minds. And so in hypnotherapy, we we work with that subconscious mind because that's where everything is programmed from childhood. And when we were younger, like from birth to, 7 or 8 you know give or take all we had working for us was our subconscious mind so children experience life from an emotional place they they internalize everything that comes into their five senses and it gets programmed directly into their subconscious mind because that's all they have at the time the conscious mind is developing and it's not fully developed until somewhere around 25 years old 25, 30 years old, the conscious mind is fully developed. And this is why insurance for people under 25 years old is higher because people who are under 25 years old, science shows us um, and the studies show us those people are more uh, risk takers. They don't think about long-term consequences as much. They, um, They just are more erratic and emotional. And so they're a higher risk for insurance companies because they're, mm. they're predominantly using uh, the programming in their subconscious mind. And they're not always using their conscious mind, which is their rationalization, their logic, where you process your life, right? Your, your higher functioning mind, your conscious mind is your higher functioning mind. So until people start using that higher functioning mind, they're usually making emotional decisions that were um, programmed since childhood. And that's what we work on in hypnosis, reprogramming that, that part of your mind.
0: Wow. I watched a um, great YouTube video you had. And in the video, you talked about person A who expects to get and person B who's trying to become. So I wanted you to elaborate more on that.
1: Mm. So um, I've made like over 100 videos, but I do vaguely recall the content of that video because it's on my website. And I just saw it the other day. Uh, Periodically, I go through my website to kind of like see what I got on there and update it. So I watched a little bit of it the other day. And basically what I think I was really just trying to express is that... Um, there are givers and takers in the world right and there are people who work for you know what they see like Beyonce has this quote or lyric uh, something like I dream it Uh, let me see it because I got the quote here let me I don't want to misquote Queen Bee, child hold on
0: (laughs) (laughs) and not on my podcast
1: right (laughs) <laughs> I dream it, I work hard, I grind till I own it. So that is my screensaver on my phone. And um and so there are people that are rooted in this philosophy for their life, right? Um are ash yeah. And so there are people who know You know, I can dream it, I can see it, I can believe it, I can work for it until I own it. And then there are people who are more entitled, lazy uh, excuse makers and things of that nature. And really, you know, we're all pretty much on the same um, continuum of evolution. It's just some people are at different stages in their evolution. Um, And so this would be an emotional uh, maturity Point right some people are less mature about what it what's required in life to achieve greatness really and not everybody has been introduced to the fact that greatness is available to them so people who are who are kind of lasered in on wanting to live out their fullest potential and achieve greatness in life really get in alignment with what is my calling? What's God calling me to do? What's in my spirit? What's trying to come forth? What am I called to bring into the earth? And so, um, and it doesn't even have to be all that. It could just be like, um, I want a convertible Lexus this summer. So that's what I want. I got to go work for it. How am I going to make that happen? Right. And then there are other people um that that just take, they just expect, you know, they expect the government to pay for their life. They expect their parents to pay for their life. They expect to call off a work whenever they feel like it. Like they don't have a higher sense of obligation and personal responsibility. Um, They definitely don't want to sweat and, um, you know, put in hard, long hours for what they want. And so, you know, they're at that end of the continuum, whereas the other people are Person A might be on the left, person right, person uh, B is on the right, um, on that continuum, that line of continuum uh, emotional evolution.
0: You talked about, one thing you also said was, creators become givers.
1: Um, Can you repeat that?
0: You, You, at the end of the video, you say creators become oh. givers.
1: Oh, creators! Did I say that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm, so I'm becoming. Uh, well, I already am a creator, right? In fact, we all are. We all are creators. We just don't know that, right? So this is a deep point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so we all are creators. We just may not be aware yet. Because as human beings, we learn from our environment. And so um, primarily, until we learn to seek wisdom inward from our spirit, right? That's why it's so important for people to have a spiritual understanding of who they are, a spiritual belief system. And it doesn't have to be affiliated with church or God per se. It just has to be um, some answers that you receive Um, about yourself like who are you what created you what is your purpose like what's happening here because we were all spirit before we were human right Um, I think it's like at our four week mark our heartbeat is created or our heart is created right prior to that we're just this embryo cell of whatever you know is in the womb at four weeks we get a heartbeat and then our body is formed so before we're ever human, we are spirit. We come from this energy. And, um, and so we're all born to be creators because my personal belief is that our, everyone's purpose is to bring forth into this world something of a positive impact from your skills, abilities, and talents, right? And so we have to be introduced to what that is. And so when people are introduced to that, they can step into the realization that I'm a creator. I got power. That's why I wrote Maximize Your Superpowers, because I lived most of my life not realizing I had any power. And when you don't realize you have power, you're a victim. You're, you're a victim. You're at the mercy of your pain, your mind, your environment, all of that. But once you realize you have power, or once you realize you're a creator and that you have power, then you can step into that and creators are givers we give from what it is that we are creating we're not selfish people who are creators are creating for other it may satisfy an internal calling but what we're creating is for other people so if you think of artists and um anyone who creates right They're not really creating for themselves to enjoy it. They're creating, even people who make quilts, you know, they crochet. They don't usually keep all their stuff. They want to give it away and it's Christmas gifts and stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are your superpowers?
1: Um, My superpowers um, definitely are awareness, -awareness, self-awareness, compassion, having compassion for people. Um, learning to pause, you know, to put myself in other people's shoes. That's a huge superpower because it gives me a different perspective, right? People who are self-focused, um, just are so limited in their ability to expand into their greatness. Um, and I think my other superpower is, um, my ability to forgive, um, and, and so my most recent one is non-attachment and acceptance. I love non-attachment. These are two Buddhist principles. Uh, they write about non-attachment and acceptance. And, and I think um, these two things eradicate any problems I have in life. Because if I can accept the moment for what it is and be uh, unattached from it so that it doesn't control me. Then I can root myself in my spirit, uh, which is my other superpower, my primary superpower, that I'm connected to my spirit. And I understand that I'm, I'm spirit and I'm human. That's another superpower, the awareness that I'm those two identities and how to blend those together to achieve whatever calling is trying to come out of me. So meditating is really important so we can quiet that mind and listen to that inner voice that's so low and quiet.
0: After everything that you've gone through, everything you've accomplished, are you happy with where you are today?
1: I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so like, God, it's so cliche to say like, oh, I wouldn't change anything in my life, you know? It's <laughs> But it's so true because I would not, child. at my highest, I'm seeing like 10 clients a day and I am a really great therapist. Like I know I help these people, right? And I would not be able to help. You know, can you imagine 10 clients a day? Let's just say four days a week, right? That's like a lot of people, right? So almost, two, almost 200 people a month, how could you help that many people if you haven't been through some mess in life, right? So I realize all of that like, I don't have to be attached to my history, my pain, my trauma, even up to 37 years old, right? Like that domestic violence, some people would be like, Oh my God, I'm such a loser at 37. I'm in this domestic violence. I'm self-medicating. You know, I was able to heal all of that when I really understood that all of it's for purpose, all of it's for purpose. And my purpose is that I needed all of that training in, in the, the field of pain, so that I could help other people resolve their pain. And, um, and now, you know, I, I live where I want to live. I I have a, I just, yeah, I just, I'm grateful. I'm humble. I'm, um, but I also know that I got to stay on top of things, right? Because at any moment, life can shift. So the other Buddhist principle that I'm getting into, and I, and not, and I just want people to know, you don't have to be a Buddhist to learn about Buddhist principles, just like you don't have to be a Christian to learn about what's in the Bible, right? It's wisdom. And uh, so the other one's impermanence, that everything in life is impermanent. We're always in a constant change um, on some level. And if we can really become one with that, then we don't have to be attached So that when someone physically passes away, yes, as a human being, we're going to have sorrow and grieve, but also as a spiritual being, we could realize that everything is uh, impermanent. And so my life in this moment, I love it for what it is. And I pray it keeps getting better, but I realize it's, it's, it's all impermanent. And so I can't get comfortable and just sleep on that.
0: I wanna thank you for doing this. Um, I really appreciate all your time. Oh, and and also, before I forget, thank you for your service, um, You retired Navy vet. So thank you for that, serving the country.
1: Oh, absolutely. It was uh, probably one of the best things I've ever did for my life. I think service, um, if people rooted themselves in service to something larger than themselves, which really is, um, in my opinion, the purpose of life, that we would all be better people and this would be a better world. So um, uh, everyone that I touch is better off because I spent 20 years serving my country.
0: Before we go, let's make make sure we tell the people how they can follow you and also how they can get the books.
1: Yeah, so uh, Dr. Capri Cruz on all social media, well, Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I don't even know what all social media would encompass these days. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Dr. Capri Cruz and then capricruz.com is my website.
0: Is that where they get the books?
1: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. All my books are on my website or on Amazon. Yeah. And I'd also like to say if anyone uh, would like to invite me to speak to Um, their kids uh, foster children group homes anybody that needs some guidance wisdom uh, foster parents um, I just I just I'm here to serve I'm here to help people and we got to get the word out you know when we have wisdom we we should not keep it to ourselves so if someone out there feels like they have wisdom I really want to encourage them to write articles or write books or if they need guidance they can reach out to me and ask me and I'll I'll tell them anything I know
0: all right. I wish you all the best with everything you have moving forward.
1: Yeah. And also the
0: um the project you're working on with the, um with the nonprofit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I give away free books to foster children and teach them uh, <laughs> how to heal their life. So thank you for that.
0: Definitely. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. I'm also Facebook conversations with lamp. The podcast is available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.